Gentlemen, from this day forward, you will all refer to me by the name Betty. Hey, 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 probers! Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe alien stories to decipher whether or not they're real a hoax or a misunderstanding we do this to keep you guys safe you are welcome i'm your host for today's file moonwalker and i'm joined by the gray bearded one gray beard <laughs> you're obsessed with gray beard at this point utterly obsessed you act like it's not your name <laughs> <laughs> i'd call you Blackbeard, but <laughs> That's already a pirate. I'll happily take his moniker. Black with one grey hair beard. <laughs> I call him Jerry. And he is mine. <laughs> Today we're going to look at the first widely publicised alien abduction in the United States. Have you heard of Zeta Reticuli <laughs> incident? Pardon? Zeta Reticuli. That's a star system actually, isn't it? Ooh. My astrology background is coming to the forefront here. Indeed. Mm, well played, sir. Well yeah. played. You may know it by another name, the Hill Abduction. Vaguely familiar. Don't know the story very well, but I've certainly heard of it. Okay. Well, this is the story of the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. I've just remembered why I know of the name. <laughs> um, is it because of the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill? No. And the fact that someone else also references them in his abduction? Yeah. It's <laughs> when someone else wakes up wearing the dress. <laughs> Excellent. Let's roll. So Betty and Barney Hill are a couple that were allegedly abducted in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Their story starts on the night of September 19th, 1961. The couple were driving home that night, coming back from their vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal. Two places. Mm. You bastards. Betty claims that just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, she witnessed a bright point of light in the sky and that it moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter up to the west of the moon, which is pretty amazing considering she knew the specific location of Jupiter and the moon at the time. So to me, there's a hint of astrological knowledge there. <laughs> Are we related? <laughs> you know, as you said she, about Jupiter, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, hmm, she knows exactly where Jupiter and the moon are. <laughs> it's like you and my inner monologue. <laughs> why do you want to suck a dick right now? And why are you looking at me? What? That came out That's... well wrong. <laughs> Should have been, why do I want to suck a dick right now? My longest question is, why you want to suck a dick? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's making me happy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Betty reasoned that she was witnessing a falling star however it moved upwards and wasn't falling Mm. not only was it not falling it started to move erratically and grow bigger and brighter Uh oh 
She urged Barney to pull over so that she can get a better look and so that they can also walk their dog, Desley. <laughs> I was expecting a different name there. <laughs> well done. That must have been very hard for you. I have no idea. <laughs> Barney pulled over at a picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. Hmm. Betty was looking for her binoculars and described an odd-shaped craft with flashing multiple-coloured lights travelling across the face of the moon. While Betty thought that she was witnessing a UFO, Barney, however, had a look and believed it was a plane. So our boy Barney is thinking <laughs> logically oh boy. of sound, body and mind. However, he quickly changed his mind <laughs> because the aeroplane, without turning rapidly descended in their direction it was in this moment that barney knew <laughs> it wasn't a plane <laughs> plane moonwalked <laughs> oh, i should have interjected a second earlier oh yes i remember now why stop if you see something unexplained in the sky don't stop and get out of your car <laughs> keep going <laughs> they both got back in the car cut the dog walk short poor little desley <laughs> Sorry, that name. I just every time you say dog, I'm expecting the R word. I also pronounced that wrong. It's Delcy. Yeah. So the dog's Delcy. Delcy or Des? Let's call it Del. <laughs> and proceeded to drive toward an isolated mountainous road known as Franconia Notch. Country road. They drove slowly so that they could still monitor the object. Betty claimed that at one point. As the craft passed over a nearby restaurant, she could see that the craft was at least one and a half times the size of the granite cliff that Ooh, they were driving against. And the profile of that cliff was 40 foot. Hot damn. The craft was still moving erratically, and now she could see that it was also rotating. As they continued to drive, about an hour south of Indian Head, they were brought... <laughs> <laughs> At no point did I find that funny until you <laughs> laughed. I have no thoughts. <laughs> they were brought to a sudden stop as the craft, now in front of them, slowly descended towards them. With the whole windscreen of their 1957 Chevy Bel Air now illuminated by the craft, Barney, with his gun on his waist, with binoculars in hand, stepped out of the car. And he started walking towards the craft. What has he got a gun? America! <laughs> Good point and well made. <laughs> so, if you scroll, you can see the car that they were driving. Yep. So, if you look at the windscreen. It's a big screen. That is his viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So, looking out from there. Quite a cool car. Does look awesome, doesn't it? I like the dice. <laughs> I can remember, God, when was it? Maybe the 90s? You see dice in so many cars. You just don't get that so much now. No. Probably because um, they obstruct quite a lot of the windscreen. Yeah, but they're, they're cool and sexy. <laughs> you can imagine what Barney must have seen from that windscreen. However, unlike Barney, you probably would have let out a squeaker. <laughs> rather than, <laughs> Hold on. Rather than walk towards it with a loaded gun and a pair of binoculars. Well, I wouldn't have had a gun on me, because <laughs> I'm not an idiot. But I would not have let out a squeaker. I'd have been gone before this all happened. <laughs> as soon as I saw that moving thing in the sky, I know. Meow. Gone. Barney strolled towards the craft like a badass, and in doing so, looked through the binoculars and straight into the window of the craft. In my head, he was a lot closer. <laughs> he strolled towards the craft, pulled out binoculars. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's a lot further away. He describes seeing eight to eleven individuals Ooh. seemingly staring back at him. Seven to ten of them seem to turn around in unison and head for a door at the back of the room. So we had quite a good view in there if you could see. He can see into the craft. Mm. The one remaining figure continued to stare him down. <laughs> He's made eye contact. <laughs> We cannot move. <laughs> They're locked in a death stare. Whoever blinks first. <laughs> and while staring him down, communicated to him to stay where he was and to keep looking forward. Huh? I'm assuming telepathy. Other than that, he must have a booming voice that everyone... <laughs> he was like, chosen one. <laughs> stay where you are. <laughs> But also, in this situation, I don't know if I'll be able to look away anyway. Mm. I think I'd be in total shock of what I'm seeing, like a moth to the flame. And if there was no immediate threat posed, otherwise I would use my sweet ancient weaponry <laughs> and bonk them on the head. <laughs> what ancient weaponry? A nunchuck? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Since that probe, I always carry nunchucks. <laughs> what was it that the in that probe... The man who kept them away for so long. Didn't he have a machete? Machete. Yeah, that's what you... Although it's not good to carry knives, but... To be fair, it's not good to carry nunchucks either. <laughs> but if you're going to yes, have to, to keep the aliens away. Exactly. They respond well to being bonked on the head. Or poked with machetes. Stabbed with samurai swords. They but, disappear. <laughs> so does the body. <laughs> As the craft started to descend closer to Barney, bat-wing-like fins began to protrude from the craft and a long structure lowered from the bottom of the craft. This was roughly 50 to 80 feet away at this point. Fight or flight kicked in. Barney ripped the binoculars from his eyes and scarpered back to the car. Good choice. He told Betty that they were going to be captured and told her to keep an eye on the craft as he floored it. He told her they were going to be. It's like he's seen the future here. He, he didn't knew. say they might be. We he need to let it. He knew what was going to happen. <laughs> if he thinks they're going to be, why is he even bothering trying? Because... He knows they're going to be if they stay there. Hmm. Peculiar choice of words, but okay. So if I stood in the middle of the road, it's like, I'm going to be hit by a car. If I stay here. Exactly. So as he floored it, the craft followed in hot pursuit. They recalled that they heard a rhythmic beeping noise, which seemed to bounce off the car. As the car started to vibrate, they said that they felt a tingling sensation go right through them mm -hmm. after which they experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness after which a second set of beeps brought them back to consciousness when they came back they realized that they'd driven 35 miles but they only had a spotty recollection of it mm. <laughs> 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 you know I can't resist. Stop it. Ah, intriguing. Loss of consciousness. How long for? 35 miles. So that could be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Depends how fast you're going. Yeah, well, if the speed limit's 30 miles an hour, then it could be an hour. But That's a slow speed limit. Well, where were they driving? Uh, back roads, I reckon. Oh, it does say, but 
I don't know what those roads are like. I don't know yeah, their speed limits. Exactly. But regardless, we're talking not a couple of minutes out. We were talking a little bit longer. If we were to drive, what are our... Was that your neck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just fell off. <laughs> if we're driving B roads, we're driving, what, 40? 40 to 50? Yeah, usually. So, yeah, you're probably looking like an hour or so. Mm. Or a bit more than that. So I'm wondering what their first reaction was, but I'm assuming we'll get to that. Beeping noise... I heard the beat before and then after coming back out. Mm-hmm. Could it be like, you know, the men in black have their little flashy things? Beep. Yeah. Theirs don't really make a beep, though, does it? It's more of a... More of a... Well, a flash isn't a sound, is it? So It's true. Mm. I really need to watch Men in Black again. I've got First them all recorded. One. Win. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the other week. <laughs> <laughs> so they got home around dawn, but had some odd sensations and impulses... They couldn't explain. Betty insisted that their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. What the hell? Why? <laughs> Don't know. It's an impulse they couldn't explain. That's a really bizarre impulse. <laughs> like I thought they were going to be sniffing milk or something, which is bizarre, but... A lot more bizarre people than... People have cravings. Keeping luggage by the back door. That's just peculiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they thought they might have to scarper again. But wouldn't you put it by the front door? I don't know what their house layout Are they going like. to run out the back door with luggage in their hands and <laughs> hop over the fence? <laughs> run them through the gardens? Bill next door's like, Oi! Animal gun! <laughs> Maybe it's there as a alarm system. So someone trips over it, breaking yeah. into the house. <laughs> <laughs> the strap of the binoculars was leather and had been torn. Something Barney doesn't remember happening. The toes of his dress shoes were scraped and he had an overwhelming impulse to check his genitals, but found nothing out of the ordinary. They both took long showers to remove any possible contamination and then sat down to draw what they'd seen. So they could both remember seeing something? The craft itself. Okay, so he had a compulsion to check his junk. Wouldn't you? Do you feel like you need to check your junk now? Not right now. Me neither. But I haven't driven <laughs> 35 miles without explanation. Haven't you? No. <laughs> I, rem- I remember getting here and it wasn't 35 miles. I took long showers to avoid or to remove contamination, did you say? Mm-hmm. How did I know they were contaminated? Probably just a Although, precaution in case. So they were already thinking that something happened, even though they can only remember seeing a ship? Hmm. My spider sense is starting to tingle at that. They also had the, um, the beeps. Yeah. And stuff going on. But that wouldn't mean they're contaminated. To think that you're contaminated when you can't remember anything else is unusual to me at this point. But then the beeps and the vibration of the car, you don't know what's happening. Maybe before they somehow... But if I hear a beep in my car, I think that my tyres are going flat. No, because... I don't think I've got alien residue on me. They didn't hear the beep and then inside (laughs) their car. Okay, let's see where it goes. They also both had watches on, and the watches no longer worked. They found shiny circles on their car the following day, which they tried to check with a compass. However, when they put the compass near the shiny spots, it would spin like crazy, but would then drop when moved away. Mm. Betty's dress, which she had on that night, was torn at the hem, zip, and lining. She'd put it in her closet, but took it out sometime later and found a pink powder on it. She hung the dress on the washing line and the powder blew away. Now, before I continue, and we did mention it earlier, you may have heard of this dress before, because in a previous file, this is the dress that Stan Romanek 
claimed he woke up in after being abducted. So she still has the dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Robinick <laughs> said that he woke up in it. But wasn't his a little bit later? Yeah. So, yeah. But I think he was implying that he'd been abducted by the same aliens. And, and they'd kept the dress. They'd kept the dress, yeah. but she's clearly putting it back. Oh, he's such a bitch. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> if you have a look at that picture, you can see, like, I'm assuming that's Barney's drawing mm -hmm. because Betty wouldn't have seen into the craft. Okay, yeah, and you can actually see the figures he's painted, painted, drew quite crudely. But to be fair, it's also better than anything I could do. I was about to say the stick figures it remains better than anything I could do. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's giving it phrasing as well. Like he's written at which point he's seen it on both pictures. He's what? So the red lights on the end extend. Mm -hmm. So he's basically drawn a dish like shape with windows and figures in the windows with two red lights on either side. Then he's drawn a second one with the red lights extended out. Those would be the bat like yeah yeah things. unusual very unusual that would make it really non-aerodynamic unless they're pushed directly behind i guess mm -hmm. okay intriguing two days after the initial sighting betty made a call to the Pease air force base to report their encounter and to avoid being dismissed as a loon she withheld some of the information the following day, they were called by Major Paul W. Henderson, who called for a more in-depth interview. Henderson, however, in his report, dated on the 26th of September, claimed that they'd probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. This report was later changed to optical condition, inversion and insufficient data. Mm. Henderson's report was forwarded onto Project Blue Book. Oh, not those guys again. <laughs> a few days after the encounter Betty took out a book from the local library which was written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe Kehoe he's my Kehoe <laughs> was also the head of NICAP Betty wrote a letter to Kehoe explaining that they'd got what they'd gone through and later that letter got passed to Walter N. Webb who was an astronomer and NICAP member. Mm. On October 21st that same year, Webb met with the couple and a six-hour interview ensued. At the end of the interview, Webb concluded they were telling the truth and that it probably happened just as they had reported, except a few minor technicalities. For example, the length of visibility, like how long they saw mm. it for. Yeah. Um, Intangibles. And the height and size of the ship. So is he saying that what they're saying they believe is true, or is he saying what they saw is definitely completely true for everyone? He's, from what I read, he's saying what they saw is true. So he's led to believe that everything they told him is true and that he fully believes them. Yeah, I don't think their explanation you mentioned a minute ago about it being Jupiter misidentified really explains seeing a ship with people in it <laughs> yeah not at all so that's in that case i think they've just been dismissed mm. and they haven't actually taken their story so we've got conflicting views here we've got some folks who are thinking they're bonkers and full of it and whatnot then you've got webb who is a firm believer mm. 
Betty started to have strange and vivid dreams that she said lasted five days and never came back. That's a long time to be asleep. (laughs) She was in a coma. Crikey. She mentioned them to Barney, but other than being sympathetic, he didn't seem too concerned, which prompted Betty to not mention it to him again. Oh, marital problems. Mm. Not really taking Mm. her feelings on board there, are you, Barney? No, Barney. You need to understand your lady. Purple dinosaur. (laughs) Stop checking your genitals and focus on your lady. She began writing down the details of her dreams. In one dream, her and Barney were stopped at a roadblock and escorted onto a silver disc-shaped ship. They were taken into two separate rooms and examined. She describes her captors as being five to five foot four, all wearing the same blue suit, grey skin, black hair, dark eyes, blue lips and prominent noses. Grey skin, so they were greys. But blue suits again. Again. This is what, the third time we've heard of mm-hmm. greys in blue suits? Mm. That it is. It's becoming a recurring theme. But this was 61, you said, wasn't it? So have the other ones we've covered been at a later date and they've heard of this story and are copying it? Or have they all seen the same thing? Um. Question without an answer. I think the other Betty was a few years later, Hmm. late 60s, early 70s. And when was um, Sex Painter? Huggins. Oh, all for his life. (laughs) Yeah, but when was he born? Oh, God, 50s, wasn't it? No, he would have been 60s, wouldn't he? But when he was eight years old, that's all I can remember. Yeah, so 60s. Oh. Once the examination had concluded, Betty spoke with the one she called Leader, and he gave her a book which had a lot of strange symbols inside it. She was told that she could keep it, but as her and Barney were being escorted off the ship, an argument broke out between the captors, and she was asked to return the book. Ah, why is it always when the evidence is right there, suddenly something happens and it's taken away? Just out of Mm, reach. How convenient. I was feeling quite on board, but then you've got me back suspicious again. My spider sense is tingling once more. (laughs) Seesaw! My dingle tingle. (laughs) A few years later, they decided to try hypnotherapy. As you do. In Barney's recollection, during multiple sessions, he was told to close his eyes and also kept referring to a pair of eyes that he just couldn't shake. It's as if they were always there, staring. And at one point, he also states that the eyes weren't attached to a body and they felt like they were pushing into his. Mm. Which would be quite freaky. Yeah. While being examined, a cup was placed over his genitals and although he didn't orgasm, he's sure they took a sperm sample. A blue tube was also placed up his anus and quickly withdrawn. Hashtag pro. Uh, when being communicated with he says it seemed more like thought transference as he never saw their mouths move that's consistent with the communication you mentioned earlier on Mm -hmm. and also why he felt the urge to go and check his genitals Mm, because he'd spaffed without spaffing he was compelled what a disappointment that would be (laughs) (laughs) well if you're gonna get it get it (laughs) do it properly (laughs) Tube up his bum. No. <laughs> <laughs> Brushing swiftly past that bit. 
Betty's sessions were quite similar to her dreams, however, but there were a few differences. For example, the inside of the ship looked different, as did the description of her captors. During one session, Betty started to become emotionally distressed, and tears started to stream down her face, so the session was cut short. She was encouraged to draw the star map that she described in her session. She also explains that the map she'd drawn had fewer stars than was actually on it, but these are the ones that stuck out to her. She was also told that the solid lines were trade routes and the dashed lines are less traveled stars. It's getting a bit Star Warsy, this, isn't it? Once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. It took a few years, but astronomers studied the map and found it was very similar to the double star system of Zeta Reticuli, which is where this case gets its name. But she must have been quite clued up to begin with to know about Jupiter and the moon, so she might have already had this knowledge. She was, like, she did have some Mm. astrological knowledge, yes. So when you said that her memories were different, were they different to what she dreamed, or were they different to Barney's memories? Bit of both. You'd expect them to be more similar, considering they had a shared experience until they were separated into different rooms. But it's where the separation comes in that Mm. the difference has come in. Did the individuals look the same? Barney doesn't describe them. Okay, he was clearly facing the wall, getting probed. (laughs) (laughs) Put your hands up against the wall, don't turn around. But she was able to draw this, Mm -hmm. and if she had, like, slight knowledge of astronomy mm-hmm. why did it take years for astronomers to figure that out because they probably didn't pay much attention to it thinking it was bullshit meanwhile i'd just like to add going back to our little bitch romanek that he was able to draw out a massive equation <laughs> through memory yeah but people knew what that was it didn't take people years to realize what that was mm. okay i'm skeptical but intrigued benjamin simon the conductor of the sessions speculated that Barney's recollection was possibly a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. Barney didn't agree, but was now ready to accept that they'd been Barney didn't agree, but was now ready to accept that they had been abducted, though he never fully embraced it as much as Betty did. So he accepted it, but he didn't fully embrace it. Whereas I think she, <laughs> she, um, I think because obviously he had uh, been raped, oh, he it's just so very real now. He just wanted to forget, like That's it horrid. happened. Yeah, I don't want to mm-hmm. relive it. I can understand that. Whereas for some reason with Betty it was different. I don't think she was treated the same way. So she obviously mm. is different for her. Okay. So after this, the Hills went back to their regular lives. They were happy to discuss the events with friends and family, but they never went out to get publicity, which is one thing we're wary of in cases like this. Yep. This is a very well-publicised case, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Two publications came from this. <laughs> Interrupted Journey by John G. Fuller, which went on to sell millions and also captured the Betty and Barney Hill UFO Experience by Kathleen Marden, who is the niece of Betty Hill. Mm. Although I'm unsure if the Hills even got a penny from any of these. Okay. 
Psychiatrists later suggest that this was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the 60s. But this was shut down by the Hills as they were very happy and had no pushback or problems from friends or family. I forgot it was that kind of time period. Mm, Unfortunately so. Yeah, the world has changed a lot. Not quite enough though. Definitely not enough. A blogger by the name of Brian Dunning notes that the hypnotherapy sessions take place two years after the event, which gives time for them to get their stories straight and that there's no concrete evidence to support their claims. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time, a long time. But if you believe in hypnotherapy, would it matter if you made something up? Because wouldn't the subconscious take over and you'd reveal the truth? Because you can't select your answers, or can you? Unless, A, you're faking, (laughs) so you're not really (laughs) under, like our friend the bitch we keep mentioning on this show, (laughs) this episode. (laughs) Or, who's to say you're remembering things that have really happened under hypnosis? Because again, people can be on stage thinking they're chickens and whatnot. Are they really chickens? No, mine they are. That's exactly my point. (laughs) Jim McDonald, a resident of the area... He better have had a farm. (laughs) ...in which they claim to be abducted, produced an analysis of their journey, which proposes that their account is started by them misperceiving an aircraft warning beacon as a UFO. The road they took, the beacon appears and disappears at the same point the hills claim the UFO does. With the rest being down to stress, sleep deprivation and false memories recovered under hypnosis. Here we go, he knows. UFO expert Rob Schaefer has written that Betty used to go on UFO vigils three times a week and was once joined by John Oswald, a UFO enthusiast. When asked about her continual sightings, Oswald stated, she's not really seeing UFOs, but she's calling them that. And that at one point, she was unable to distinguish between a landed UFO and a streetlight. I feel like you're gradually burying this investigation. (laughs) I'm just making sure you have both sides. Yeah, yeah, no, it's helpful. I can't give one without the other. Yeah. That would just be a biased. That wouldn't be scientific. No. It would be a bias. former MIBs, we are required to give the truth. Shift out the shit. (laughs) Schaefer was also present at a UFO conference in New York in 1980 when Betty presented some of the photos of UFOs she had taken. The pictures were of UFOs chasing her car and coming in close. However, each picture was blurry and out of focus. Not only that, but she took up twice the amount of time she was given and was jeered off stage by those (laughs) in attendance. (laughs) what had first been very sympathetic it was now this moment that removed any credibility she had within the ufo community from leaders and top activists interesting and in 1995 betty self-published a book (laughs) what called a common sense approach to ufos she didn't want publicity she's published a book self-published Which has stories of seeing entire squadrons of UFOs no. in flight. <laughs> Better you've lost me there. And also seeing a truck being levitated. Well, uh, what was that magician called? David Copperfield? I thought you were about to say David Blaine. I was going to say Yuri <laughs> Geller at first, but that was Spoons. Blaine! <laughs> I'm sure You're Blaine a demon, could... David Blaine! <laughs> demon! 
<laughs> Cheese its <laughs> What the f, David Blaine? <laughs> he put me on the roof. I'm on, on the, the roof. So <laughs> after all the evidence you have been given, yep. What is your conclusion? Do you want my conclusion or my final thoughts? Both. My final thoughts are that it's bullshit and my conclusion is that it's bullshit. <laughs> So it's a very interesting case. I was interested to hear where it's going. At the start, the set of reticuli stuff, it had me intrigued, but I was never really on board. I don't know if it's because I'm predisposed to be a bit sceptical, but something was tingling for me. Yeah, it just... <laughs> you got a cock wobble. <laughs> I got some sort of wobble. But yeah, yeah. She... The fact that he was always quite reluctant... Mm-hmm. Whereas she seemed very keen about it. That made me she suspicious. Was fully on board. Yeah, it's almost like she wanted it to be aliens too much. Sir? Aliens? That's not what I said. I think you'll I... find the term I used was bullshit. But it was aliens? <laughs> bullshit. Shit of the bull. Oh, one. But of the alien. <laughs> no, unfortunately. I say unfortunately. I don't think this was aliens either. Mm. It's a well documented it's one of the most famous cases, cases isn't it? Though, i really yeah. know the name which leads me to believe why so many people think it's real i think that maybe it's the people who want to believe all the mold is out there but you can believe about thinking that this one's real well the people who are more balanced would perhaps go out and look to cases with more evidence whereas those who just want to believe to say that they believe We'll just yeah. pick this out and yeah. say, yeah, this is true. This one is definitely aliens, yeah. Right, so definitely not aliens from us today. Unfortunately not. I wish it was, because if if this one was a yes and that dress went missing, <laughs> that could change our lives. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't look at Romanik in any different way at all. No, He's not still at a all. little bitch. But, but it would be interesting. <laughs> No. It had gone from 100% no to a 99.9999999% no. <laughs> and that would be interesting. All right, before we get to the socials, I'd like to shout out the Anxious and Afraid podcast. I've had some back and forth with them for the last couple Ow, of weeks. Wow, wow. <laughs> and I really like their show. They cover topics such as the paranormal and also mold, molder files. Molder files. Well, <laughs> technically, you could so call much. them molder files, couldn't you? Also, murder files. <laughs> Since my first listen, I haven't missed an episode. So if you're looking for something new, please go check them out. Give them a try. Now, back to our social media. You can find us on Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. We're on Twitter at But It Was Aliens. If you have a story for us, you can email us at butitwasaliens at gmail.com. You can also head over to Facebook where we have a page called But It Was Aliens. And we also have a group called Extraterrestrial Towers where you can exchange comments, memes, and all sorts of other alien-like things. Point our probers. Which aren't fluid to <laughs> with others. You can also have a chat with us there. We'll be in there every now and again when we're not busy probing or working on our probes. <laughs> if you're staring at your co-host <laughs> from across the table and you think he's an alien... If you're wearing headphones <laughs> and think they're aliens. They have an alcoholic beverage beside them. 
and you think they're aliens. Hash <laughs> tag probe. Probe. Peace.